We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Stephen Haglin, the host of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. As always, we do appreciate any ratings, reviews, likes, subscribes, comments on any podcast platform, including YouTube. And I want to start today off by giving a shout out to one of our sponsors, The Backroom Collection. You can find him on Twitter at The Backroom C-O-L-2. Again, that's The Backroom C-O-L-2. Uh, he has been putting out some fire chargers prints, and I think any football fan should check him out and be able to upgrade their man cave, their workout you know, situation, their home office, their actual office. Check him out online, thebackroomcollection.net. If you use the code GAC, that's G-A-C, on your first purchase, you get 10% off. He is even going to be able to attend a Justin Herbert signing. He's got a bunch of Justin Herbert prints that he will have signed by the man himself. Again, use the code GAC for 10% off at thebackroomcollection.net. Thank you so much for supporting him and our show. That being said, let's get to it. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. Joining me today is my good friend, Nick Edland, who is the co-host of the One Bar and Lopagus show, uh, a Vikings YouTube channel. Uh, so we we go uh, way back a little bit to the uh, 2021 draft. So I'm excited to have Nick today on the show. Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We just wrapped up on your show uh so we we did a back-to-back one so i'm really excited about this matchup um you know and i want to dive into usually i like to start with the quarterbacks but i think it's only right that we get together we talk about the left tackle situation for these two teams uh of course you know when i was on the mock draft show with you guys you know we talked about rashawn slater we talked about all these other guys and christian derisaw and the vikings ended up trading down to select derisaw and he obviously started the season hurt, but how has Darisaw been performing since he uh, came back from his injury for you guys? Uh, he, he's been great. He's really been as advertised everything we could hope for. Uh, you know, we had Rashad Hill take over for him when he was out, and Darisaw has been light years ahead of him. Uh, he's holding his own. He's giving Kirk Cousins plenty of time in the pocket. He's been great in the run game as well. Um, 
and he's he's gone in. He's kind of entered to here right into the fire. He Brian Burns, who's up against Justin Houston, he faced. Uh, so he's he's come in facing some top competition, and and Darosa's been everything we've hoped that he would be. Uh, the only downside is he was out the first what five games, but he's been great. So we're very happy with Christian Darosa. That's fantastic. You know, he was somebody um, that a lot of Charger fans wanted, right? Because we all assumed that Rashawn Slater would go beforehand, yep. and, and and it's just you know fun to see this offensive tackle class really performing at a high level. Obviously, if Slater and Darisaw, you know, Penesul has been playing pretty well, apparently up in Detroit, uh, Sam Cosme over in, in Washington. So it's just been great to see. I think the NFL needs this kind of youth movement at the tackle position. And, and I'm happy to admit that I'm, well, I'm, it's trending towards being a miss for me because I wasn't a huge Darisaw guy, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm happy for uh, you guys that he's playing so well. Yeah, it, it's weird. So the Vikings actually, it appears we have our, you know, left and right tackle the future on this team, which is something we haven't been able to save for a long, long time. Yeah, that's a very similar situation for us, hopefully, uh, next year where they get the right tackle right. But uh, let, let's talk about Brian O'Neill, too, because I think uh, that's a really interesting matchup in this one. You know, obviously, Joey Bosa is, is one of the premier edge rushers in the league, uh, and he mostly lines up against the right tackle. So, uh, can you give our listeners a little bit of a scouting report for uh, Brian O'Neill and, and what we can be expecting from uh, Joey Bosa in this one? Yeah, I mean, Brian O'Neill, he's, he's just damn good. I mean, he's just so solid. There's not really a weakness in his game. Uh, quick out of the stance, nice long arms, uh, violent blocker. He'll attack. Uh, he can anchor. Uh, he moves extremely well. He's very athletic. He can get down the field. He absolutely just depleted a Raven. Uh, about 10 years down the field. I think it was on Delvin Cook's <laughs> big run last week. Yeah. Uh, the guy's just a beast, and he, he's a great high-character guy because uh, everybody else riled up. Uh, so Brian O'Neill has just been fantastic almost from day one, and it's going to be tough for both to get around him. It should be a hell of a matchup. Yeah, I think that is, that is absolutely one that I think is is one of the key deciding factors in this one is, is who kind of wins out on that one. Uh, want to talk about the quarterback situation, obviously, with Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, he'd been very much maligned at his time in Minnesota, but what's the vibe with cousins, uh, this particular season? Uh, it's been a tale of, uh, of, uh, two halves of the season so far. Uh, the first half, it was great. He was locked in, uh, playing very, very well. He drove this team down to win these games that they lost. He did it twice against the Bengals. Uh, he did it against Arizona, uh, against Seattle. He came up and stepped up, had a great game. Um, then he the, the Browns game, uh, he kind of started to see him missing some throws. I don't know what it was. And then now he's just, he's just not what he's been. He's, uh, it's a combination of two things. I think Clint Kubiak's in a bit of a slump with his play calling. Mm. Um, but right now Kirk Cousins has turned into check down Charlie. Uh, he will throw to CJ ham five times a game, Justin <laughs> Jefferson twice. It's, it's mind boggling. It's, it's, it's head scratching. The first drive of our games are great. We can march down the field, score almost every single time. And after that, it just, everything kind of implodes. And it's weird because you know the protection has been better than it's been in years past. Uh, I don't know what it's been these last two games, but it's been, it's been awful. Um, and you look at some of this film after the game against Baltimore, especially on, uh, so Anthony Barr had an interception in overtime. Vikings get the ball back. I think the first play is a swing pass to Delvin Cook that goes nowhere. And you look at the tape and you got Jefferson down the field, who's pretty much wide open. And Cousins just doesn't take the shot. And, you know, four games ago, he would have made that throw 95% of the time. Uh, and he would have put it in a tight window. He was completely on. So 
I don't know what's up with Kirk Cousins. If it's if it's just the the play calling that's, that's been the reason, but right now he is not what he was early in the season, and fans have quickly turned on him after the same fans were very much behind him you know, three <laughs> weeks ago. So yeah, and that's the way it's been with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, up and down. Yeah, I think that is really kind of the way from the outside looking in that we look at, you know, this Vikings team last year, obviously starting one and five, then going five and one, then finishing one and three. So um, it's just I wonder about your take here with Mike Zimmer and maybe is he kind of run his or the Mike Zimmer era has run its course, if you will, because it really feels like ever since uh, Kirk Cousins has been there that it's a lot of hot and cold, very streaky on both sides of the ball, really. Yeah, it's, you know, I love Mike Zimmer. I love what he's done for this organization. And he's been through some tough spots with just some off the field stuff he's had to go through. But you can tell when it, when it's time for a guy to move on, uh, both just from the product on the field and just from his body language and mm-hmm. uh, just the way he interacts with the media. You've seen his daughter uh, post a text up on Instagram saying how, you know, from Zimmer saying, how are the boys? And she wrote back fine, whatever. And he wrote, they're the only thing that make me happy anymore. Um, so I actually... If he resigned, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that at some point wow. instead of Fido getting fired. Um, and you look at what's been going on. I think offenses have figured out his defense. The Mike Zimmer defense isn't really scaring anybody anymore. Teams figure out ways to attack it. And you look at just some of his in-game, uh, his game management's horrible. Uh, just some, especially inside two minutes. I, I guarantee you guys, if we're up 14 to three, and you get the ball with 40 seconds, you will score a touchdown. For some reason, we can't <laughs> stop anybody inside 40 seconds. And if we have the ball, we will not drive down and try to score ourselves, even if we have three timeouts. It's bizarre. We actually started a drive. We had 40 seconds on the clock, two timeouts. I think we got a first down, called a timeout. Then the next play, Cousin scrambles, gets a first down. We're moving the ball well. And they just let the clock run out. It's It makes no sense. And it's always those three points that you could have got that comes back in these close games. Yeah. Uh, Things like that. He's called back-to-back timeouts twice. Uh, it's just, I don't know what's going on. I think, I don't want to say he's lost control of this team, but he's not really putting his stamp on it. You know, if your offense is struggling, you got to come in and tell him to throw the ball down the field. And I don't think he's doing that. He's so focused on his defense, which hasn't really been his defense this year. You know, the traditional Mike Zimmer defense that, you know, actually can shut down an offense. Yeah, I'm ha- I got to admit, I'm having some some flashbacks to Anthony Lynn for us last year with all the game management issues. Uh, So I'm curious then if Zimmer resigns or if they fire him, what do you think this team does with uh, Kirk Cousins in the off season? I know he's got a a pretty big cap hit next year. Um, Yeah. I I have to find 45 million, something like that. Um, That's the question. And I think it all depends on who they bring in. You know, obviously everyone's an offensive minded coach right now. We've had the defensive guys. So Kellen Moore, Byron Leftwich, those are kind of the hot names that have been floating around Vikings Twitter recently. Um, There's still enough talent on this roster to where uh, I think you could make a push with a new, a new coach and a, and a fresh, um, you know, offensive scheme. But that that's the tough one. I I think they're either going to, almost do a complete rebuild teardown. I mean, I, I think if Zimmer goes, Spielman or General Manor might might also go as well. And if you do a total teardown, then maybe they do try to unload uh, Cousins in that contract and get some picks for the future. But I think it really has to be up to that new regime, what they want to do and, and how they view this roster and how far away they think it is from competing. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny. I feel like the Vikings have been so close and so close. And 
I mean, the, they're one game out of the playoffs right now. You know, the, the Falcons currently hold the seven seed at four and four. So it, it's not out of the question that they, you know, figure this out and, and make the playoffs, right? No, it is. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you why. It, it's it's so fr- – and I, I don't want to come on here sound like a downer, but we made all these moves in the offseason, right? So we tried to improve this defense. For First of all, you get Michael Pierce back. You get Daniel Hunter back. Then you go out, you sign Delvin Tomlinson, you sign Patrick Peterson, uh, you get Xavier Woods, Nick Vigil. I mean, you're getting all these pieces together, so you're really feeling like this team is going all in. And what do you see week one? We can't stop the run, just like last year. It's no different. Uh, super frustrating. And to me, they made all these moves to make this team better, and we get a product on the field that's very similar to what we had last year. And it's just not what we thought it was. And it's been so frustrating to watch that. And you see teams come in, play us with lesser talent on the roster, going toe-to-toe with us. And to me, that comes down to coaching. And that's why I think most Vikings fans have already kind of written this season off because the way we've lost and how we're losing games is just not what we expected at all. Man, this all sounds so very familiar to me. Uh, joining me today, of course, Nick Edlin of the One Bar and Lumpaga Show, Vikings uh, show on YouTube. Uh, Nick, I also want to get your thoughts here. You know, I look up and down this rookie class, and I see a lot of players that I like. And then I look at Pro Football Focus, and I don't see a lot of these players getting time. So uh, what's the, kind of the mindset about this, you know, recent rookie class outside of Christian Derisov? Yeah, well, I think it was never really the plan for these guys to see a lot of time. Like I said, they made all these moves in the offseason. You, you have a veteran roster, so this was one of those years where you're not going to get a lot of oomph out of your rookie class, at least from the start. I mean, Derisaw was the one guy expected to play, and I think Wyatt Davis was the other guy who many thought would be the starting right guard this year. That hasn't happened. He had some injuries. Uh, but now you got to question what the heck's going on because uh, Ole Udo has been starting over him, and he, and he played well early in the season, starting to tail off a little bit, but he got hurt. And they put in Blake Brandle at right guard instead of Wyatt Davis, who I think is technically a backup tackle. So I don't know if Davis has gotten to the doghouse or what's going on there. Um, but now we're starting to see a little bit more from this rookie class. Yeah, Kenny Nguanganu with the big kick return touchdown against Baltimore last yeah. week. He was special teams player of the week. Uh, this Cam Bynum, this kid who was a corner at Cal, uh, comes in, plays for Harrison Smith, who I, I think he's going to start again because Smith's still on the COVID list. He played extremely well. He had like 12 total tackles, a beautiful interception. Yeah. The kid came into an extremely tough spot, and he was, I mean, he was great. He didn't get a pass breakup. He was solid in coverage. This defense didn't really miss a beat without all these stars missing, which is kind of telling about a few things. But I think the Vikings are going to start seeing some production out of this class right now, uh, just moving forward. Uh, but to me, the big head, I mean, Kellamond, I think the Vikings we don't brought back Sean Manning because I don't know what, He's obviously the, the backup quarterback whisper. The guy never plays, but apparently he <laughs> sees the game really well and can tell Kirk Cousins things. But I think they still had a shot. You know, I think if they start losing a few more games, we'll start to see Kellamond activated on game day. And maybe if it gets worse, he'll actually see the field every now and then. But um, not unexpected, at least not from me or, or from one bar, my co-host on the production for the rookie class so far. Um, but to me, the Wyatt Davis thing is kind of the head scratcher, which no one's really sure what's going on there. Yeah, when I saw the video of, of Cameron Bynum getting his interception last week, I was really excited. Bynum was my favorite sleeper on defense from the draft this past year. I had him in my top 50. Everybody told me I was crazy. And yeah. so if he pans out, like he you know he builds off of this last game, 
I'm going to take a huge victory lap on Cameron Bynum. You should. Well, see, more impressive was Zimmer said he hadn't even practiced that position. So wow. he, he comes in at a position he's never even practiced at and, and, and just played a hell of a game. Uh, but, yeah, it, this guy, too, in the preseason, he did not look good. He struggled very I – mean, he looked horrible. And also he comes in when it counts, and, and he played out of his mind. So hopefully we see more uh, solid play from Bynum. Yeah, absolutely. That makes me really happy. So, uh, yeah. unfortunately, you mentioned the, the COVID thing. Has there been an update? I know Zimmer said there were like 20-something yeah. players who were in close contact. Has, was there an update today on on who is – uh, you know, kind of in danger of not playing in this one or, or no, I haven't heard anything else. I haven't heard anything updated, but yeah, I did see the 20 something players. So, you know, it, it's the typical Viking season when things start to go south, you got the Delvin cook situation and now this COVID thing. I mean, we, we really, when things go bad, they go bad in a big way. We go big in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> you know, you got one thing that's kind of concerning Dakota Dozier has been hospitalized with COVID, you know, we all wish yeah. that. So that's kind of a thing that you hate to see that go on, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It might be a lot of unfamiliar names playing against you guys. But the guys who stepped up last week, we had a lot of starters out. You know, Kenny Willickis, defensive end, played a great game. We already mentioned Cam Bynum. Uh, we had some young guys come up and step up and play well. So maybe we need some hungry players on this purple team to get over this, you know, close game slump we're in. Yeah, get some, get some youth in there. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked on your show, of course, about uh, my concerns about this Chargers defense against the Vikings offense. So, uh, now that you've kind of heard my spiel, how are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, and give me a sport, a score prediction if you want. <sighs> All right. Well, I just, the Vikings to me, and I've already said this on a bunch of our shows, they're just a chameleon. They, they, they are who they play against. That's what they do. They play down the competition. They play the style of football they're playing. When they played the Browns, they played this tough, uh, kind of physical football game. And then when they played the Cardinals, it was an air attack battle. Uh, we just kind of meld into who we are. So I think there's going to be some offensive fireworks, even though our offense has been struggling. This is going to be a back and forth game because you guys might put up points, but then somehow we're going to wake up and we're going to be able to match it because that's what we do. That's who we are. Um, so I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be high 20s, low 30s. Uh, you know, I'll say 31, 28. And since we're so used to getting the wrong end of that, I'm going to say that you guys end up winning with the last second field goal, 31, 28. <laughs> there we go would be back-to-back weeks for the chargers you know winning on a field goal which i think would make all of us go crazy um yeah. are you guys uh, just out of curiosity are you guys planning on coming out to the game yeah oh no no it's deer hunting season okay <laughs> uh i heard zimmer saying on his uh press conference today that he's expecting a lot of vikings fans to make the trip out because well, yeah it wasn't last that last game where we we're doing the skull chant and all that and yeah. What do you guys think with the, I mean, with the new stadium, is, is the Los Angeles crowd starting to emerge or is it still a lot of visiting? It's and, starting to emerge. Uh, the Raiders game was bad, but that's, uh, the Raiders games were bad in San Diego too. So that's nothing really new. Um, but I was at the game, we played the Browns and that was honestly pretty close to 65, 35, 74, 70, 30. Um, I heard the Patriots game was pretty close to that as well. So it's it's been a longer build than a lot of us would would have you know liked but i think we're really starting to see some momentum especially with you know just the draw of seeing justin herbert and brandon staley this young new fresh team um so i, I think we're getting there but i i would expect at least 30 percent of the stadium on sunday to be uh full of vikings fans yeah i'm sure it will be there's plenty of vikings fans out in california so they'll show up they'll support you'll hear that school chant whether you like it or not <laughs> well it's gonna be a fun matchup for sure 
Uh, Nick, thank you for joining me. Where can Chargers fans uh, find your guys' channel if they want some Vikings intel ahead of this matchup on Sunday? On YouTube, just search One Bar and Lepica Show. will pop up. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we look forward for to uh, chatting after the game, and best of luck on Sunday. All right, man. You too. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.